here with some announcements. Today is the deadline for two, uh, I'm sorry, Tupelo Children's gift cards. Uh, we're going to buy $25 gift cards for the children in Tupelo. So if you haven't give, given and you, or if you want to give again, today is that day. We want to get those uh, gift cards and Christmas cards out as soon as possible so they do have them by Christmas. Uh, if you're writing a check, just put it in the memo, Tupelo Children's Mansion or TCM. Or if you're giving cash in the offering envelope, just mark it TCM so I will know that that's going for the gift cards. Also, men, you have prayer this Saturday at 8 a.m., 8 to 9. Please come. Bind together for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Two weeks from today is the deadline for Christmas for Christ offering. This is the offering where we give our best Christmas gift to Christ. The money from Christmas for Christ goes to help our North American missionaries and church planters. Also, uh, note that we will not have a service here on December 25th. That Sunday, Christmas falls on a Sunday, we're going to let you spend time with your families. Um, Also, New Year's Day, there will be no service. But New Year's Eve, we will be having a service here. Starting at 5 p.m., we're going to have fellowship afterwards. We are asking that everyone participate in this service. Um, Some examples, if you have a talent, whether it's singing or playing an instrument, share that with us. If you have a testimony, share that with us. Or uh, your favorite scripture, uh, a a poem, um, just anything. We'd like you to take part. We want this to be a good time of fellowship and fun as we celebrate the new year. Hallelujah. Also, speaking of the new year, we do have a new sign-up for cleaning for the church. If you would please see Sister Shepherd for that and sign up. Um, It's going to be a little bit different this year. We're going to have you um, sign up by week instead of by month. So hopefully, you know, you won't be doing a whole month at a time unless you sign up for that. Um, We ask if you sign up to at least have one other person with you, so we're not having just one person cleaning the whole church, and it'll just make it easier. Obviously, couples sign up together, whatever, but we thank you for taking care of the house of God. This is a privilege to be able to come together and have a building to come together. We are the church, but this is a building that we can come together, worship, encourage, lift up each other, So we want to take care of our building that has been, we are blessed with. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come, now is the time to worship, come. Now is the time to give your all. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. 
Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Let us do that. Let us worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bow before your presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are God and you are king. You are Lord of lords, prince of peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you my heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart and enter into your courts with praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come, ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation, 
Oh, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet Thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to Thee be all glory give. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us Adore him, oh come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I adore you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So thankful to know our Savior, our Messiah has come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. All glory and honor belongs to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing joy to the world the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace. 
and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Aren't we thankful for our coming Messiah? Praise God. We were absolutely and utterly without hope. Except Jesus. Praise God. We so desperately needed a Savior. Thank God for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. The spilt blood. That covers our sins and makes us whole. Praise God. Praise God. This is an awesome time of the year. I know, I know people struggle with it, but it's, it's a time where everybody starts at least thinking about Jesus in terms other than they bang their thumb with a hammer. <clears throat> I think it's a I think it's a beautiful time of the year for that reason. It should be like this every day of the year. It really should. We should be thankful for what he did for us at Calvary every day of the year. Thankful that he came and wrapped himself in flesh for the express purpose of dying for our sins. Thank you Jesus. Praise God. Revelation chapter 22 and 17 so where we'll take our scripture text today. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. While you're turning there, just a quick note on the uh, New Year's Eve service. We will be having communion uh, during then, uh, so uh, be ready for that. And uh, my wife mentioned different things that, that we could do. Uh, skits are acceptable as well. If you got a nice skit, uh, a full-on play, um, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, puppets. You do puppets. Be thinking about that. Amen. I'm excited. Revelation chapter 22 and 17 says this, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is the thirst Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. We're talking on this topic this morning, uh, the last invitation. The last invitation. Let's pray one more time. Ask the Lord to bless the remainder of his service here today. Amen. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. I am so thankful for you. We are so desperate for your presence and for your word and for your truth. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come that you would minister to the needs represented here, that you would give us, Lord Jesus, the revelation of truth today. Help us, Thou Most High God, to, to, to seek Your face and to be found of You. Let Your perfect will be accomplished here. I pray, Lord Jesus, that Your name would be glorified in our midst here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. A long time ago, when I was a teenager, my, uh, my brother and every once in a while my sister, but mostly my brother and some of our friends, would go. Uh, we grew up in Eau Claire, and uh, Eau Claire was awesome. Um, amen. They had this one place uh, called the Eau Claire Parks and Rec. It was way off in the boondocks, uh, and no one ever went there. It was a, it was a county thing. And uh, there was never anyone there. It was a huge area. There were some wetlands there. The river ran through it. 
and just all kinds of stuff. And every time we'd go down there, we kind of had a, it was a spoken tradition, we had to cross the river. We had to wade across the river. And it didn't matter what the temperature was, if it was still water and not ice, we'd have to find somewhere to walk across the river because then we could say we've, we've been down to the Eau Claire Parks and Rec. And we'd do all kinds of stuff down there. We'd camp, we'd hike around, we'd play uh, war games. We'd have sticks and pine cones. And that's what we used. And uh, <clears throat> got an old old uh, used camo stick from the, the surplus store and We'd paint ourselves up, and it was a good time. Well, anyway, my sister came down there one time, and she was very young at the time, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but she wasn't there anymore. And I don't know at what point that took place, but we went to look for her, and we couldn't find her anywhere. And that's a pretty big area down there. And so... Fortunately, I knew the whole area because, I mean, I, that was kind of my second home. I knew every nook and cranny of that, however big it was. So did my brother. So we split up and we started looking for her. And uh, I, the only part of that search that I remember was uh, there was this huge patch of stinging nettles that I had to get through. And this was, this was B.C. I had... Very short shorts on. Uh, don't think about it. Just we're got onto the onto the search part. In any case, the only reason I bring that up is because I had to walk through this stuff, and uh, I did. I was really I was really scared that I'm going to have to go back home and tell Dad that uh, I I don't know where my sister is. And we were supposed to be home at a certain time, but, you know, we blew past that. I didn't care about that. I'd rather tell Dad I was late than, uh, your daughter's not here with us anymore. But I made it on time. <laughs> so I figured that was the lesser of the two evils. So I was looking for him. Went through this patch, and I got through it on the other side, and my legs were just welted up and red. And, and oh, have, have you ever touched singing nettle? Anyway. It feels like an electric shock <clears throat> when you touch that stuff. I don't know what's in it, if it's poison or if it just gets in your nerves or what. But it hurts. Anyway, so I, I, was, uh, I got to the river on the other side of that patch, and, and I was waiting in that river for a while. It felt so good. Anyway, uh, we found her, obviously. Uh, she's... Obvious to me, she was at Thanksgiving, so she's still here. <clears throat> but uh, that search was, it was, it was, I was a motivated searcher at that time. I was very motivated. And um, for better or for worse, moment of truth here, I wasn't so scared about losing my sister as I was having to face mom and dad with the fact that I lost my sister. Uh, that was that was more in my field of vision there at the time, uh, but in any case, I'm glad she's still alive, um, still with us. But it it went for a long time, and there was there was a point where I'm like, dude, Scott, I I don't know where else to look. I don't know what what to do here. We can't go home. We didn't have cell phones. There's no way they could get in contact with us. But uh, I mean, we had to find her, uh, a body, something. We had to find something. And so it, it took hours, hours. I don't know how many, three, four hours we were down there looking. And it was, you know, starting to get dark. But we did find her. And uh, she was scared and all of that stuff. But, but we found her. She was okay, no problem. Anyway, that search was, I mean... It wouldn't have mattered at the time what was going on in my life. During that, there was an immediate, desperate need. I didn't want to face Dad. That was my need. Now, my sister, she had a different need, didn't she? She needed someone to find her. She needed to be found. 
all through Scripture, we see in the Bible God calling mankind to Himself. Me and my brother were shouting at the top of our lungs, trying to get an answer. Nothing. I know she must have heard us. I know it's not that big of an area. It's several acres for sure, but maybe a hundred acres. But still, voice carries. I mean, anyway. So we were shouting at the top of our lungs, calling out to her, Where are you at? God does that to us. God calls to mankind, Come to myself, come to me. In Genesis 3 and 9, we read about uh, the Lord calling unto Adam. Adam, where are you? I think that is so beautiful. Because, one, God knew exactly where Adam was at. And two, God knew exactly what he had done. He knew all of that. But he was still calling out to him. Where are you? He still loved him. In Genesis 7 and 1, the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Come thou into the ark. The phraseology of that is God was in the ark wanting them to come in. In Matthew 11 and 28, we read Jesus saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 7 and 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Nearly 2,000 times in Scripture, we see the Lord in one manner, fashion, or another, inviting mankind, human beings, unto Himself. Inviting people to come to Him. To come to Him. God's greatest burden is humanity. Lost humanity. In our passage of Scripture, a Scripture text, we read that the Spirit says, Come. John 6 and 44 says, No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Romans 2 and 4 says, Despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Ezekiel 36 and 26 says, A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Even today, God is drawing people to Himself. All through Scripture, we read about it. We see it. But He's doing that today. Most of us, if not all of us in this room, are testaments to that very fact that God still draws people unto Himself today. He convicts of sin. He brings us, leads us to a place of repentance. Fills us with the Holy Ghost. When we respond to Him. And when we are obedient to the Word of God. And He abides with us all through our life. Comforting, convicting, empowering. Providing all of our needs. Forgiving all of our sins. Healing all of our diseases. We can't forget about all His benefits. Amen. God's work of salvation is God's greatest burden. Even greater than creating or maintaining creation. And you know what I think about God's creation. But I'm telling you, this is far greater in God's priority list is you and me. Greater than moving world events to fulfill prophecy. Greater than all of that. Greater than any other thing is God's burden for the lost. God's burden is to save lost humanity because of His desperate love for us. His agape love toward us. 
And love is not a feeling, folks. It's a choice. It's an act of the will. He chooses to bestow His love upon us every day. Aren't you thankful for that? I am thankful for His love each and every day. This is the church's greatest business. Our Scripture text says, The bride say, Come. The church, Christ's bride, is to be about His great commission. This is the greatest responsibility of the church, is to make disciples. Make disciples. This has got to take precedence over everything else. I'm not opposed to doing other activities. I'm not opposed to doing things. But first and foremost, our responsibility is to make disciples for Jesus Christ. And if whatever we're doing is not somehow related to that, folks, we're wrong. We're wasting valuable resources. We are building the kingdom of God. Nothing else. We are about His business. Nothing else. We are to teach, baptize, teach. We are to be used by God to call all men unto Himself. And everyone, everyone is to be involved in some way or another in the Great Commission. We are all a part of God's kingdom. We are all submitting ourselves under the, the leadership, the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are to be involved with His purpose, His plan, and that is the Great Commission. This is mankind's only hope. And let him that is a thirst come, the Scripture says. How thirsty the world is for substance. How thirsty the world is for truth, for something real. When I was in the Army taking basic training, I was in Fort Sill, Oklahoma from, July, from June to September. So it was a little warm. My best friend became the fire ant. That was with me in every, every foxhole, every, every time we shot at the range, fire ants. I loved them. <coughs> anyway, uh, it was really hot there, a lot. Uh, and... I remember this one time. It's, it's, it's burned into my mind. We were in formation, and we heard the dreaded half-left face, which means that we were all going to get dropped and start doing push-ups. And we did. And the drill sergeant that was doing this, he was a sadistic fellow. He got him a lawn chair, sat right out there in front, Got a nice glass, a tall glass of ice water. And he was sipping on that ice water. We were dying. Sweat pouring off of us. And he wouldn't let up. He just kept, I can't even remember why, but I remember doing the push-ups. And he got that thing about halfway finished and then just slowly poured it into the dust right in front of us. Well, what that served to do, at least for me, was I got angry enough to keep doing those push-ups. I just turned it into energy. But uh, I would have given just about anything at that point just to pick up one of the ice cubes and brush it off and plop it in my mouth. That would have been pretty good. We were really, really thirsty. And... But to, to, to be honest with you, I don't think that even compares to how thirsty this world is for truth, for something of substance. There's all kinds of philosophies out there, all kinds of doctrines, all kinds of religions. And none of them can satisfy. None of them at the end of the day fulfill everything that we need. Take care of everything that we need taken care of. They can't. They're powerless to do these things. Only the Word of God is sufficient. Only Jesus Christ will satisfy. We read an account of uh, a Samaritan woman at the well. They have a conversation. 
And that concludes in, in John chapter 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. John 7 and 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The only requirement here given, church, is that one must be thirsty. Thirsty. Are we thirsty for truth? Are we hungry for truth? For something real? Something of substance? Something eternal? People are hungry, can get hungry for all kinds of things. And one of our, one thing that we always have to be uh, cognizant of is that as biblical Christians, anything can become commonplace and ordinary, including our understanding of Scripture, including the presence of the Lord our God. All of these things can become profane in our lives. They can become common. And we start taking them for granted. And at that point, there are some other things that start looking really good. Because your passions, your interests are going to be focused somewhere. You are going to be passionate about something. Mark me. Everyone is passionate about something. We need to be passionate about the Word of God, about truth, of, of Jesus Christ. That's who we need to be passionate about at all times. If we're not feeling it, well, if you need to feel it, then get yourself motivated. I don't know. Do something. But this has to be our focus, church. It has to be our focus. People spend their entire lives, people spend all of their time, they burn out relationships, climbing the ladder of success. And I, I read stories of these people, I read accounts, story after story. They get to the end of their lives, they get to, to where they wanted to go. And as an aside... Most of these people, they weren't given their money. They weren't given their position. They worked for it. They disciplined themselves. They sacrificed. When friends were playing video games and doing whatever, watching movies, they were burning the midnight oil, studying, getting a double, double degree. They were putting 80, 100 hours a week into a business. Eating top ramen. God forbid. I can't stand that stuff. That's what I lived on in Bible school. Top ramen, baby. My friend. <clears throat> but they make those sacrifices to achieve what they think will be success. And when they finally do, they achieve the success that they were looking for, hoping for. They get to the top of that ladder and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. They've burned out most of their lives trying to get here. They've burned out relationships, sacrificed relationships so that they could get here. And they come to the conclusion that there's nothing here. It wasn't worth it. And they start questioning things. You try to tell them, well, this ladder is sure. You won't be disappointed when you get to the top of this ladder. I promise you that. But the response is, more often than not, do I want to start climbing another ladder? I was promised that about this ladder. <clears throat> what if it happens again? People are frustrated. They're scared. They're disillusioned. They're without hope. I don't care what facade they're putting up. When I was in the world, I had a great one. I had a powerful one. No one could touch me. <clears throat> no one was going to get inside. 
Yep, everything's great. Everything's awesome. Everything wasn't awesome. Very few things in my life were awesome. I wasn't going to let anyone know that. And they're not either. Until they get to a moment of desperation. Or maybe a moment of trust. But I promise you folks, I don't care how put together they look. They're scared. They're disillusioned. They have no hope. They have no relationships to speak of. They may have a million followers on Twitter. Most of them bots. <clears throat> but they don't know, they don't have a relationship with anyone. Who are they going to call when they're scared, when they need some advice, when they need just a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to? They have no one, folks. Our society today is so separated. Which is a pretty good strategy for the enemy. Divide and conquer. Salvation ends up being, for us anyway, life's greatest bargain. Scripture text says, take the water of life freely. I've said before, and I'll continue to say it, we need to count the cost of saying yes to Jesus Christ. We need to count the cost of saying no to Jesus Christ. There's a cost for both. But is there really... Jesus paid the, the sin sacrifice. He paid that price for us. So what's my cost? Salvation costs Jesus everything. The death of the cross. It costs me nothing. Maybe He asks something of me. Maybe I have to sacrifice something. But am I losing anything? See, this is where it pays to have an eternal mindset and not a temporal. Because if I have an eternal mindset, here's what I'm seeing. I give up. I give up. I sacrifice. I lose my tithes and offerings as an example. I don't get to spend that. That goes into the offering plate. So that's not mine anymore. Now I have to make do on this. But have I lost that? No. I've invested that in the kingdom of God. And someday, that's treasure in heaven. I'm going to enjoy that for all of eternity, folks. Now, let's say I keep it down here. And I spend it on a new computer. I love new computers. How long is that computer going to last? Not very long. Yeah, I might, if I buy it, Bleeding edge. I might get five out of it. I might get five. But I'm going to be spending a lot of money for that. Bleeding edge stuff. I might get five years. And then that money is gone. And then it's truly gone. That computer is going to be thrown away, given to a charity, whatever, wherever it goes. I'm not using it anymore. That money's gone. I'll never see that again. But I didn't have to sacrifice. Do we think it's a sacrifice when we're putting money into our 401k? Our IRA account? I don't think anyone sees... They may see it as a momentary discomfort. I have to sacrifice, cut back a little bit. But it's for a reason. I want to retire someday. That's a pretty good goal. Unless you want to be working when you're 90 years old. Most people would say no to that. Maybe, yeah. Some do. And I'm not trying to disparage that. But I'm saying, when you're young and you have the choice, most people will choose to invest in their retirement. Most people, rather than retire at age 90, they'd rather retire if they had a choice and they could do it at age 50, 55. If they had the choice. When I'm investing in the kingdom of God, whatever God asks me to give up, that's treasure in heaven, folks. We don't lose any of that. So do we really have a cost at all? 
Maybe I have to lay down my life for Jesus Christ. Is that a price I'm paying? Folks, I'm dead either way. I'm going to die someday regardless. I'm not going to live forever. Not, not in this. Thank God. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be called out of this world one way or the other. So that's not a cost either. I'm just investing that in the kingdom of God. So as we look at this from a more eternity-minded perspective, we begin to see that there really isn't a cost involved for saying yes to Jesus. Maybe there's a a short-term sacrifice, but it's going to pay huge dividends, both immediately and in eternity. If I say no to Jesus, there is most certainly a cost involved. In view of eternity, we can't count the cost of material things because they're going to leave us either way. We can't count the cost of laying down our lives because that's lost to us regardless. Either we're going to die and I'll get planted, or the rapture is going to happen. And I'm out of here. Either way, my my life here is done. It's done. I'm going to move on into eternity. Praise God for that. These things we give in service to God become treasure in heaven to be enjoyed for eternity. No cost. None. As I see it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see a cost involved with saying yes to Jesus Christ. I see a short-term sacrifice, discipline, for a long-term gain. That's what I see. Actually, a short-term gain and a long-term gain. The only thing that can truly, completely, and eternally satisfy is saying yes to Jesus Christ. This life, being a Christian, being a child of God, this covenant is the only one that provides for physical healing, emotional healing, daily provision, Joy unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding, complete fulfillment, and in the end, everlasting life. What is that worth? To me, it's worth everything. It's worth anything that I have to give or do. Eternal life. Let's just cut everything else out. Eternal life, folks. I'm not going to pay the price for my sins anymore. If that's all there was to this covenant, I'd give everything for that. I would. That's worth it to me. But He gives us everything else. Everyone. Everyone needs the salvation that only Jesus provides. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus is our only hope, folks. He's our only hope. Government isn't going to save us. A new law, a new bill, that's not going to save us. I don't care if your candidate gets into the presidency and stays there the rest of your life. It's not going to matter at the end because that president isn't going to save you. He's not going to pay the price, the punishment for your sins. Jesus did. No matter who's in office, that's not going to provide for my emotional healing. I can't even imagine what people go go through out there today. I can't. It is so abusive out there emotionally and confusing. Jesus heals all of that. He takes care of everything. Everything. You have an addiction. Jesus takes care of that. You need a healing. Jesus takes care of it. You need provision. Jesus takes care of it. Whatever it is you need. 
The answer is Jesus Christ. Because of that, all of us, every one of us, need to be active in fulfilling the great commission of making disciples. Now, even the Apostle Paul said, some plant, others water, God gives the increase. Sometimes you're going to be a sower. You're not going to see any harvest at all. Don't, don't be discouraged by that. If the person next to you is just bringing people in by the droves, that's how God's using them. But they've entered into other people's labors. They're sowing where they haven't reaped, or they're reaping where they haven't sown. Some are called to sow, some are called to water, to weed. Some are called to harvest. But all of them are necessary to bring in the harvest. No one's planting seed, folks. There's no harvest to bring in. When we stand before the judgment seat, you're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Just like the, the person that was harvesting people left and right. Stay faithful. Don't be discouraged in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. But we all have ministries and we all need to be applying ourselves to those ministries. Submitting ourselves to the plan of God, the will of God for our lives. Amen. Because everybody needs Jesus. Let's all stand. If we can all come to the front for just a little while, please.